Welcome to His Way Women's Bible Study with Linda Anderson. His Way Ministries is an interdenominational ministry established and committed to helping you experience a dynamic relationship with God. Now we'll join Linda in progress with this week's message. Today she wrote me and said that she couldn't make it tonight. She was a little under the weather, sinus infection. Oh, sinus infections are horrible. They're awful. But she sent me her testimony so I could read it to you because you need to hear it, because you need to get your faith up. Sharon Box said, last year in June, I had a scan for other medical concerns, and they discovered a nodule on my right lung and said they would need to follow up. Now, how many of you know that that is, it can be serious. It can be scary. She said that she went for a follow-up scan a few months later in early October, just last month. And what happened was that they couldn't find anything there. Well, (laughs) yeah. So Sharon asked the doctor, she said, can this happen? How can it happen? And the doctor said, well, it can't. The doctor said, we have no known reason how this can happen. Whereas Sharon was able to say, I got prayer. I got prayer and the blood of Jesus brought healing to me. So Sharon is completely free. Her lungs are clear and the Lord did it. Yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ did that. So if he would do it for Sharon, why not for you tonight? Whatever your need is, whatever you're asking Father for, let's believe him. Let's believe him for miracles tonight. I'm going to give you some steps to miracles. And I'm just, I'm excited. I'm expectant. I think that these miracles that we're seeing, we're just going to see an avalanche soon. That's what I'm believing God for. Yeah, an avalanche of miracles. I just want to say thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. You you know what? My clock still, I haven't set it back. It says it's past 8. And usually after daylight savings time, people have trouble with the rhythm. They have trouble with the getting in the, back in the groove. And so you're hungry at 11 a.m. instead of noon and feels like bedtime at 9 instead of 10 or in my case, 1 instead of midnight. And, and so for you to be here, for you to get yourself to this place tonight, I just believe that God has something for you. Yeah, so let's... Let's stand up and open up your, our hands and say, okay, Lord, it's me. It's me. I'm the one. I am the one. <laughs> I am the one who, who needs a touch. I am the one. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, make it like the spotlight's on me. Father, I'm the one crying out to you. Father, I'm the one believing you. I'm the one putting my confidence in you. I'm the one, Lord. Oh, I just, I ask, Father, that there won't be comparisons in this place. 
that we won't think somebody else is more worthy for a miracle. Oh God, that we won't, we won't think that, that, that I'm talking about somebody else. But Lord, well, no, it's me. It's me. Oh God, we're needy. It's me. It's me. Oh, I just, I'll give you a quick word. We're still praying, but here it is. Um, Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. God fashions our hearts individually. He speaks to us individually. And our individual um, response to him brings a collective blessing. And so, oh God, I'm not going to hold back a blessing for others by not receiving myself. And so, Father, everything that you want tonight, everything, Father, do miracles in this place. Lord, we wouldn't be sad if we heard the angels sing tonight. Oh, Lord, we'd be, we'd be glad if gold just broke out all over all of us. And, Lord, for those who really need financial help, would you just would you put jewels in here like you do in Bethel? Lord, Lord, if you're going to do it there, why not here, Father? Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Lord. How about a glory cloud, Lord? How about that? Yes, Lord. We just, we just want everything that you have for us. Thanks, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks, Lord. Yeah. Yay, God. Thanks, Lord. Wow, what's the music, Pastor Ben? Wow. David Crowder, what's the song? Come alive. That's powerful. Thank you. Well, we gave you your monthly devotion tonight. You got the His Way devotion. Oh, I'm glad for November. And in there, I talked about the the Bow, B-O-W, the Bow Challenge that I gave you the 1st of September. To believe, be, believe, O, obey, and W, to worship. And I challenged you for 40 days to get on your knees once a day and do the bow challenge. Well, I am getting testimonies every single, well, almost every day. I wouldn't say every single day, but I'm getting testimonies every day. I did it again. So be it. Come in every day. I'm getting a lot of testimonies about how this has revolutionized lives. Some testimonies... It begins with, I don't know why this works, or I don't know what is happening, or this is mysterious, but something has changed in me. Huh, Patricia? Yeah. (laughs) Man, I wish we had time for you to come up here and just speak to us about it. Oh, man. Yeah. So revolutionary. Yeah. So the bow challenge, getting on our knees once a day to, to believe God, just telling him, I believe you, Father, saying, I will obey you, Father, and I worship you. And what it has done in lives, miracles, there have been miracles because the bow challenge. So a little bit about that in your devotional for this month. 
when Dion was leading us in the song, the one about how father writes our wrongs. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I blow it so often. He writes our wrongs. And I was thinking, what if we let each other off the hook as much as God lets us off the hook? Yeah. Yeah, let's do. Who said that? Yeah, let's do it. Let's just let each other off the hook like God lets us off the hook. Okay, we're done. That's just, I mean, we could take that all the way to the bank. Yes, we can. Well, we, last week, several of us went to a Hillsong concert in Sacramento. It was amazing, amazing, amazing. Oh, some of you look sad, like you should have been there next time. Yeah, it was amazing. The presence of God was so thick that I thought I was going to be transported and nobody would ever see me again. It was amazing, wasn't it, Julianne? It was amazing. You saw some pictures. May, may you just, may you get a double portion, Debbie, double portion. So they passed out books. Brian Houston, the pastor of Hillsong Church in Australia, they passed out his book. And Tom and I already have it. We already have some. So a couple of you need this tonight. It's called Live, Love, Lead. It's a great book. Lori, you need it. Come get it. You're welcome. Those of you who aren't getting one from me right now, you know, well, many of you know that all you have to do is tell me and I'll buy you one, Patricia. And by the way, that CD by Amanda Cook, it has been unavailable because it keeps selling out, the one Marcia gave out. And it just came available and they came in my mailbox today. And so you got those and we'll have more at the bookstore. Okay, I got to tell you, our Christmas tree is all up and decorated at our house. Anybody else? Shirley, you, Lori? You have your Christmas stuff down. Yeah. Well, drive by my house because it's all lit up and it's all decorated. The Christmas season is way too short. Yeah, it's getting shorter. So let's make it longer. You've just had 40 days, and if you, you've had 40 days to bow. We know that you can change the chemical pathways in your brain in 40 days. Many of you have just changed the chemical pathways in your brain by bowing before the Lord for these weeks. Now, if you haven't done it yet and you haven't put in 40 days, you still have time before the end of the year. And that's the challenge. If you want to take your outline and turn to Acts chapter 9, I'm going to tell you one more quick story, and then we're going to get into the outline. And then I have the most amazing story that I promised you two weeks ago when we were together. story that has totally undone me. Undone. So you need help because my clock says it's five after nine because I haven't sent my clock back yet. 
So you need help because it feels like nine o'clock. And so you need you need help from the Holy Spirit in order to be able to listen, pay attention, to be able to assimilate what's said tonight, to get the full weight of what God wants to give you. So would you just ask Father right now, just why don't we just put our hands on our hearts, our heads? Yeah, I was thinking head too, Natty. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do that wherever you need it. And Father, you know that we're human and that we're in these earth suits. Lord, you know that we're still caught in time and space. Lord, you know that our physical bodies often distract us. And, Father, you also know about the cares that are trying to assail us, not to mention the enemy whispering lies all the time. And so, Father, we're asking for supernatural help. We're asking, Holy Spirit, that you will come and that you will use this time, these moments, to bring clarity, to bring freedom, to bring life. Oh, God, to bring greater faith. Lord, that you will use these moments, that you will help us to be awake and alert. And, Lord, I thank you that whenever we ask you for help, you always dispatch it. Thank you that you never say, you never say that we don't deserve your help. You love to help us. Thank you. And so, Lord, we're counting on you. (laughs) Thanks, Lord. The reason why I started to giggle is because I immediately heard the Lord say, let them open their eyes. They're going to get sleepy. (laughs) Okay, open your eyes. (laughs) Okay, we're in chapter 9 of Acts. Chapter 9, and if you'll open your Bibles, if you have them open to chapter 9 of Acts. Acts chapter 9, beginning with verse 1. Now Saul, who we will see eventually, as a matter of fact, in chapter 13, we find out his name gets changed to Paul. How many of you need a name change? It happened all the time in the scripture. God changes up our names. He loves to give new names. Sometimes he gives them and we've got to go to the law. You know, we've got to go and get them changed officially at the courthouse. Other times he just changes them up and we begin to go by another name. Sometimes they're secret names just between us and and him. He tells us secrets if we can keep them. Verse 1, so Saul, who had become Paul, was still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. And he went to the high priest. He He asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. Now, Damascus was way up north, not even in Israel. So ask letters so that he found, if he found any who were of the way, his way, 
whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground. He must have been, do you think, on a horse? Some people speculate a donkey. I kind of think it was this high horse. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? At least he knew enough to call him Lord. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. Now, if you've wondered what Jesus possibly meant by saying it is hard for you to kick against the goads, I'm sure that many of you know that a goad was a stick. It was usually a, a thin branch, and they, the farmers would sharpen one end so that if the oxen weren't moving, they would prod the oxen. Well, often those oxen who they were prodding with this goad would rebel, and instead of going faster, they would just get real stubborn and refuse to go at all. Some of you identify with that. (laughs) So a farmer would have this goad and try to get the oxen going. And if the oxen was smart, if the ox was smart, it would learn that when it was prodded with that thing, it should move. Maybe the Lord was saying to Saul, I've been prodding you. I've been giving you chances. I've been trying to get your attention. And you continue to come against or to stand against or to be stubborn against this prodding. So I'm just going to knock you off your high horse. I recommend you listen to the Lord when you feel the little prick. (laughs) It's a lot better than getting not clear off the horse. The Lord said it's hard for you to kick against the goads. Maybe he was getting tired of it. Maybe he was feeling guilty because he was going into believers' houses and into their very church and dragging people off throwing them in prison, and murdering some. Can you imagine what a bad man he was? If that were in the news, what would we think? If we read that on the Internet tomorrow, that somebody had done that in our city, can you imagine what we would be thinking? He was a bad man. Jesus still came to him. I want to be more like Jesus. Verse 6. So he, Saul, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. 
talk about it humbling. You'll be told. How many of you like to be told what to do? <laughs> How about as a kid? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Verse 7. And the men who journeyed with him with Saul stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. It's interesting that it says when his eyes were opened because he was then blind for three days. It goes on to say there in verse 8, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Now, under verse 6, I wrote in my red pen, humbled. And under verse 8, I wrote the same thing, humbled. Because they took him by the hand and they led him. He had no option. He was no longer going anywhere that he was wanting to go. He wasn't figuring out his plan or choosing anymore. He was being led by the hand. Humbled. Pharisee. Verse 9, and he was three days without sight and neither ate nor drank. He must have been pretty upset. It's not good to go three days without water. But he probably couldn't even stomach water. Take your outline. The top of it, the title tonight is A New Purpose. A new purpose. Some of you are getting a new purpose. You know, next month is the last month of 2015. And God is setting up a new purpose for you for 2016. You're getting a new purpose from God. You're getting some new dreams. You're getting some new opportunities. And you're getting a deeper purpose. Let's look at what happened to Saul. Right under that, the scripture, immediately, this is verse 22. Immediately, Paul, I like to call him Paul. Immediately, he was Saul, Paul, Saul, Paul. Immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues after he had this encounter with Jesus. And after his eyes were opened. He preached that Jesus is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his, this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus Proving that this Jesus is the Christ. You're getting ready to confound some people. You're getting ready for something that God's going to do that's going to make people around you go, well, I don't understand this. God wants to do some confounding. He wants to do some jarring. And he's going to use you. Amen. 
Number one, Saul was breathing out murderous threats against the Christians, and he thought he was doing God a favor. He thought he was doing God a favor. Have you ever thought you were doing something really good and doing God a favor and found out later that you were really messing things up? Can you imagine how bad Saul must have felt? Man, you think you've done things that that aren't so good? Right under that, I've given you a scripture from John 16 where Jesus said to his disciples, they will put you out of the synagogues, meeting, meaning the religious people. The time is coming that whoever kills you will think he offers God a service. Did you know that there are people who want to kill you and they think that they'll be doing God a favor? Well, we sure like hearing that. Do you know that the children who are raised in Islam, in that Muslim religion, they are indoctrinated from the moment they are born to hate Israel, to hate, to hate Christians. They are indoctrinated from, the very, from the, the very earliest point where they can assimilate any information. They are indoctrinated to hate Christians, hate it, and destroy Israel. Do you know what I think? I think that just as Jesus was goading that Pharisee, Paul, Saul, I think he's goading them too, trying to bring them awake and alive to him and his kingdom. You feel like they don't have a chance. They've been indoctrinated from infancy, and yet there's one who appears to people in dreams, Jesus. And there's one who will goad us, convict us, draw us to himself, Jesus. Don't ever think that there is anyone who hasn't heard. Okay, you're going to have to go talk to God about that. Romans 1 tells us that every person on the planet has heard. It says that nature itself speaks of there being a creator. So Romans 1 tells us that everyone is given opportunity. Number two, what Saul was doing was not even friendly fire. It wasn't a mistake. He was actually on purpose persecuting Jesus Christ. I'm going to hurry through these blanks that you want to fill in, and I want to get to the, the bottom line tonight of what you really need to hear. Number three, King Jesus takes very personally the persecution of his sons and daughters. I gave you a journal entry because I got such great revelation this morning when I was studying. Because here was, here was this man, Saul, and he was murdering women like us. He was murdering children like ours. He was murdering men like our husbands or our sons or our friends. This terrible, horrible man, Saul, dragging people out of their houses and bringing them harm. And yet when Jesus and Saul had the encounter, Jesus said to him twice, you're persecuting me. 
Do you know that when you're persecuted, Jesus takes it personally? He takes it as if you're, somebody's doing it to him. He numbers the hairs on your head. He knows every detail of your life. And when somebody is mean to you, he takes it personally. That amazes me. It, it just blows my mind. Some people don't like the book of Leviticus. I love it because it's so detailed. And what it points to is that our God is so detailed, so intricate, so closely involved with us, so holy. He, if we see him, if we, we glimpse his majesty and his glory and how much he loves us, we're undone. <laughs> so my journal entries below that for you to read later, kicking against the goats is down there to read later. Number four. Apparently, Saul needed humbling. Do you? Some of you know the story of how I finally, how the Lord, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It took me a long time. It took me months because God kept doing things to make me humble myself. He kept um, requiring of me that I do really, really hard things and and be embarrassed and be humiliated and humbled because he knew there was pride. So that's just my problem, not yours. Apparently, Saul needed humbling. Number five, I'm going to give you the last fill-in, and then I'm going to tell you the story. So don't check out, okay? Promise? Will you raise your hand? I promise. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Number five, God gives grace to the humble. Acts is all about humility, one accord, unity, and great miracles. Did I put four things and then say these three go together? I put three. Put four. These four go together. Humility, one accord, unity, and great miracles. Wait, there's only three. <laughs> Humility, one accord, unity, and great miracles. These three go together. There are three? Are there three? Thank you. There are three. They all go together. Thank you. Okay, I want to tell you an amazing and incredible story, and I've given you an excerpt from this book at the bottom of your sheet, and I recommend you read it later. Some of you are going to want to read it right now, but I recommend you read it later. I've just finished one of the most incredible books that I've ever read in my entire life. This book is called Project Pearl. And it is the story of how one man in 1968 got a vision from God to deliver one million Bibles into China. Wow. Now, I have, in the last few weeks, I've talked a little bit to you about China and how desperate they are for the word and how much they love the word and how we, we leave our Bible sitting, you know? When the people in China, if they can just get it for an hour, they'll memorize as much as they can. 
It is so precious. They value it. They treasure it. They love the word of God. And so the people in China, billions of people are desperate for the word. Now, a million Bibles is going to be a drop in the bucket, but it's a big drop. So this man, he gets a vision. His name is Brother David. He gets a vision to deliver one million Bibles to China. Now, it is against the law. There is no chance. People getting caught going over the border with one Bible get in big trouble. And he thinks he's going to take a million. Where do you even get a million Chinese Bibles? Whoa. I know that when Tom and I have been in China, that they, they stop us, take our temperature. Seriously, take our temperature to make sure we're not sick. I mean, it is so hard to get through across the border into China. <sighs> he got a vision from God to take a million Bibles to China. Now, it took him years to set this up, years and years and years. They had to build the barge. You can't just get a million Bibles there without building something to carry them on. So first of all, he had to get them printed, right? He had to get the money. They were approximately $1.25 each. So just to print the Bibles was $1,250,000 just to print them. So he had to get the money to print them, had to get them printed. And after he got them printed, he had to build this barge. He had to have this special made barge built to carry all these Bibles on the water across the China Sea and to a remote beach where thousands of Chinese Christians would come and get them. Now, these Chinese Christians were coming from 12 provinces. Some of them, oh, just hundreds of miles away to get the Bibles. No one could know what was going to take place. It was so secretive because the arrest would be made. People would die for trying to get the Bibles across into China. So this is brilliant. Wait until you hear this one. So they used these blind women who took the instructions across from Hong Kong into China in Braille because the guards, the people at the border, they couldn't read the Braille. And so these blind women took the instructions across the border many times back and forth, getting the instructions over to China of how it was going to be, where it would be, how, to, how it would be delivered. Then they had to buy a tugboat to pull the barge. I mean, get a crew. It was a huge project. Well, Brother David, on the night, two nights before the Bibles were to be delivered, of course, all of the crew, all of the people involved have had to say, if I lose my life, I lose my life. Their families have had to lay it down and say, okay, I give you to God, whatever happens. Such a big deal. The Chinese Christians are assembling, getting ready, coming to that beach. 
two nights before they were to leave on this voyage to take the Bibles, a million Bibles, to this Chinese beach. Brother Andrew. Now, some of you will know who Brother Andrew is. He has written many books. God's Smuggler. He's taken Bibles into many nations where Bibles are illegal. He's famous. Brother Andrew is respected. Two days before they were leaving to take the million Bibles, Brother Andrew called this man, Brother David, who had the vision for this whole project, and he said, stop the project. David said, we can't do that. The Chinese Christians are already coming. They're counting on us. You don't understand. We've already got the boat loaded. The barge is all loaded. They had to waterproof every Bible. They had to, I mean, the process was huge. The crew was ready. Everybody had signed a, their, their contract, whatever it was, saying, if I die, I die. They're ready to go. And Brother Andrew calls him and he says, stop the project. Well, of course, David is shocked. He's stunned. He can't believe it. He's horrified. He said, we can't do that. He got off the phone with Brother Andrew and he got on his face before God and he sobbed. He was devastated because he knew that he had to listen to Brother Andrew, who was an authority. He got back on the phone and he said, Brother Andrew, why, why, why can't we do this project? We're ready to go. Everybody's going to think I'm a liar. They're going to, they're going to come. There's not going to be any Bibles. And Brother Andrew said, I have 20 things against you. Brother David said, well, what are they? And Brother Andrew said, I'm not going to tell you on the phone. I want to meet you. And we'll talk. Brother David called off the whole project. Because he took the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, literally. Where Jesus said, if you have a gift and you're bringing it to the altar and your brother has ought against you, leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled to your brother. He halted the project. The Chinese Christians showed up on the beach. A lot of people who were let down no longer trusted him. His crew quit. He was devastated. He flew to California, Brother Andrew, and he both flew to California. He came before a council. And the 20 things that were against him were listed, and they were very minute. The biggest one was that Brother David had built a bathroom in the Philippines without getting his mission council's permission. The 20 things against him were not even important. And yet, he submitted to authority. And he laid down his gift at the altar because his brother had ought against him. And he said, God won't bless this project. He said, we have to be reconciled. We have to have unity. We have to have reconciliation. We have to be humble. 
Wow. I'm astonished by this. Astonished. I just cried and cried and cried when I read it. He went and met with Brother Andrew, went before the council. After they talked and they reconciled, they they all got on their knees and prayed and came into unity. Three months later, David, he had gotten a new crew. He had convinced the Chinese Christians to give him another chance. And three months later, in June of 1981, they successfully delivered one million Bibles to China. Wow. 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 If we could live like this, if we could be people who would do everything that we can to be reconciled in unity and be humble, if we could do this, if we could live like this, our city will be saved. Our state will be saved. Our families will be saved. We'll make a difference in this nation. If we will agree with God to walk like this. That's the thing. Now I know that there are even some here tonight who have heard rumors about people who have come against Horizon and come against me. And you may think that what they have said, that I haven't tried to reconcile, you may think that's true. But I want to tell you that that is absolutely not true. That I have written letters. I have done everything in my power before God to reconcile. That's what he asks As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's bow our heads. It's it's past time to go. I just want to give you a moment to just tell Father, to just let him know that, that you don't care if... If you don't look slick and smooth and shiny, that you just want him to do whatever it takes, whatever he wants. If we will do this individually, then the difference that we can make together, just like we're making in India, if we'll just We'll just let him have his way. So will you just will you just tell him that that he can do whatever he wants? And would you let everybody off the hook who you've been you've been holding anything against and just forgive? can feel the unity growing. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Alas, the clock. Prayer team, will you come? He's changing us. <laughs> he wants to do something so great here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for choosing this time and this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. got to get kids and um, you need prayer and his way is next week so the Lord bless you the Lord bless you (laughs) yeah good so God bless you and I'll see you next week